This is Battleground, and today is Wednesday, August the 5th. And as you heard, General Quarters, man your battle stations. We are 90 days away from the general election and possibly, possibly the biggest electoral fraud in the history of this country. Democrats are pushing fraud. They're pushing mail-in ballots. They're hiding Biden in a basement. He doesn't know where he is half the time. The other half, he doesn't know who he is. Uh, today, to explain some of that, we have the great Roger Simon, co-founder of PJ Media with the Epoch Times. Roger, um, welcome to the show. And um, we need to have you on, on the Spanish show sometime. I just realized uh, <laughs> you speak Spanish. I read your great article. Uh, it, it's amazing. What a surprise. Once many years ago, when I was mostly a mystery writer, I was in Gijón, in Spain, for a big mystery writers conference. Is that so right? They, they say maybe the presidente of the conference. So <laughs> I had to give a speech in Spanish. You should have seen the, spa the faces on the audience. I bet. I bet. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> what did he say? <laughs> and I'll tell you what, though, you know, the, I, I think the more languages one can speak is is, is obviously the better. Um, uh, you know, I, I believe English should be spoken in, in, in the United States, but I think why limit yourself to one language? I mean, the, the more languages, the better you can communicate uh, with, with more people, not not locally, but across the world is a value, right? It's not a it's, it's got to be an asset. Uh, I always looked at it that way. And, you know, being, you know, coming from corporate America, that was always a big, big value as well is how many languages do you speak? Oh, wow. You speak two, three, speak Spanish, uh, you know, fala portugues, you know, whatever. Right. Um, it always, always good assets to have, you know, you have a, you have an interesting background. You come up obviously from the Hollywood side as well. Um, Hollywood is a, is a nightmare. It's not what it used to be. Um, but they're, they're, they're caught up in a lot of scandals. They have been for a while. And now with the Epstein thing, um, they're, they're, they're miraculously very silent on that. Why is that? Oh, because they're scared to be implicated. I mean, uh, everybody in Hollywood is this very small town in a big city, Los Angeles. Yeah. And the, and the small town aspect of it is everybody knows somebody who knows somebody. And, you know, so, uh, you know, the what's the old mafia word for that? Omerta. Yeah. Silence. Uh, <laughs> and, you know kind of what's being practiced they all kind of know what's going on right just biden's hiding in the basement i mean you know i don't know if he's going to come out they're already trying to push a narrative of uh him not debating trump i don't think he gets away with it i mean you know he was kind of forced yesterday to accept the terms and and the debate so it looks like it's on right it's going to be very interesting those debates are 90 minutes long yeah that's that's tough uh, do you think they change that? What's that? Do you think they change that? Mm, I don't know. If they do, it'll be very obvious that they're changing it for him. Yeah, I was thinking I maybe, they, maybe they push it down to 30 or 45 minutes and do it via Zoom. You know, <laughs> you know, it's possible. But there again, when I said it, if they change it, then we, the, everybody will realize they're doing it because this guy's in front. Yeah. yeah. They're not ready to handle this it, and then he's got so you know we're electing a vice president now and the vice president is going to be one of these women it has to be a woman of color otherwise yep. the racist democratic party <laughs> racist and sexist democratic yep. party is i mean that's what it is 
Yeah. I mean, it's not even subtle. What's fascinating to me about the whole race thing is that having been a Democrat in, up till roughly um, 2001, two in there, I mean, you know, 9-11 sort of flipped me over. Anyway, the, so I, I, I got to experience people on both sides for many years. Yeah. And it... it and then when I was running PJ Media, when I founded PJ Media and I was CEO for seven years, I hired and fired hundreds of people. Yeah. You know, I observed, and this is just me, that Democrats in general were much more racist and sexist than Republicans. Yeah, yeah without a doubt. It's, of course, a generalization. And there's, you know, people on all sides who are assholes. Sure. And all sure. However, uh, it, it was very much that way. It wasn't subtly that way. Yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy. Hey, you wrote a great piece. Um, you know, that's how I found out that you, uh, you, you, you know Spanish. Uh, you wrote, wrote the, the, the piece in Spanish about, you know, education and how, you know, the Democrats, the liberals are pushing this and the, this, this ideology uh, to the kids and, and pretty much creating, you know, the idiots that we see out on the street dressed up as Antifa and whatnot. I wanted to kind of interject here a little bit of my experience and then circle that back to your article is um, I, I was uh, fortunate or maybe unfortunate, I don't know, uh, but, but I was down in Peru for a few years during this uh, Shining Path, you know, terrorist movement. It was a Maoist terrorist movement. Their, their leader, uh, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Abimael Guzman, he was a professor out of uh, University of Nayacucho. And that's what he did. He started, you know, indoctrinating these kids with this radicalized, you know, uh, Marxist, Maoist agenda, uh, ideology. And eventually it started turning into violence. And then it turned into a full out terrorist movement um, that was one of the deadliest and most, you know, bloodiest in Latin American history killing over 250,000 people. Um, I see that happening here. It, it's, it, it's like deja vu, deja vu. I've seen this movie before and yeah. I know how it ends, you know? Yeah. And it starts with this violent crap and then it events, ends up with car bombs and shootings and executions. And, and uh, you already see this thug, thug, you know, this mafia style crap going on in, uh, I think it was in Minnesota where these Black Lives Matter guys are going into these Hispanic owned businesses and telling them they need to either pay them money, they need to hire more blacks, they need to buy supplies from black owned companies and they need to donate to black charities uh, or they're gonna be in deep trouble. Um, well, they, you know, when they donate to those companies, the money filters back to the Democratic Party that's already been shown. Yeah. But, but, you know, it, it's, you know, it's a terrible situation, but here's an interesting prediction I have, Adam. If Biden does win, it's going to get much worse. Yeah. Because ironically, these people are not, I mean, the schmoes, the really useful idiots in the old Leninist term on yeah. the Democratic side don't realize that these people hate them even more than they hate Republicans. <laughs> I mean, uh, that's the real truth. I mean, you would know that from the history of yeah. uh, Shining Path. Those, those guys are not interested in liberals. No, they don't care about anybody. They're, they're anarchists, right? Fact, socialism with a gun. <laughs> I remember, you know, in those days, I was kind of sympathetic to the left in a kind of stupid way. But I, I, 
I remember seeing a film, I, it wasn't from Peru, I think it was from Bolivia, called El Amigo, El, El Amigo Principal. Do you, you remember that film? Yeah. I mean, I mean it's, I, the, the principal enemy in this case is liberals. Yeah. I, I mean, they, they don't know it, they're so dumb. <laughs> so, I mean, that's another reason that a, a Biden victory would be terrible. Yeah, but I mean, you know, with that roadmap already there, it was effective. Obviously, they got squashed and killed during the Fujimori, um, you know, administration. They did a great job. Um, but I see the exact same thing happening here. I mean, do, does this Antifa stuff, I mean, they're borderline terrorists now. I mean, I personally think they're terrorists. The vandalism, the crap they're doing, they're assaulting people, they're attacking people, they're killing people. Um, that's terrorism, right? That's domestic terrorism. They haven't put any bombs yet. But that doesn't mean they won't. I mean, they've been throwing Molotov bombs at federal officers, you know, in Portland and elsewhere. So um, how much more does this escalation go? Oh, well, yeah, I think, I think that it'll depend a lot on the election. And I do think that it'll get much worse under a Democratic administration. Because typically, look back in 1968, which was not nearly as bad as this, uh, you know, the, the Chicago convention and all that acting out occurred was a Democratic Party convention. Yeah. Interestingly, yeah. it wasn't the stodgy old Republicans. So it, it, it's all kind of mixed up. You know, it, it, most of these kids don't realize that it was the Republicans who backed the Civil Rights Act of 1964, not the Democrats. Right, right. Uh, and they still don't believe it, by the way. <laughs> yeah, they, I mean, you tell them and they're saying, no, that's a lie. That's not yeah. true. Yeah, of course they do. Just look it up. <laughs> yeah. And like, no, that's, 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 that's not true. Well, the, you know, since the schools have ceased to be a place where people search for the truth, yeah. it, you know, the truth is in a lie. I mean, no longer is the truth it, it, a irrelevant thing. You know, the old Marxist line of by any means necessary, right. uh, and that includes, well, oh, that's a, a, a lie is minor league compared to... Uh, you know, what the Bolsheviks and what the Maoists had to do to get control. Well, and that's the cancel culture, right? They want to cancel and eliminate everything, and, and including the truth, right? I, mean, and, and was, their own. I, I was essentially canceled by Hollywood years ago. <laughs> Were you really? And, 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 the, and what, in those days, I mean, we're talking like 10 years, the, they, the, the term wasn't around. And, that we use the term the blacklist, of course. However, the thing about the blacklist of today, which is almost entirely against conservatives, is that no one writes it down because they don't have to. Right. <laughs> they they know just as you know. Um, people would always say, "Well, it's not uh, Al Qaeda because they're not officially joined to Al Qaeda," but as if they had to. Another group, Al Nusra, had to be part of Al Qaeda to know what Bin Laden might like. I mean, you would know what Bin Laden liked. <laughs> I would know. That's right. That's right. <laughs> it is. It is absolute madness. Hey, you know, so you predicted Trump's going to win. Do you still? Do you still think that's going to happen? What's that? Do I think it's. You, you predicted that Trump wins re-election. Yeah, I, I predicted it, and don't I believe that holds. Yeah, I, I still think there there is a sufficient silent majority. And the more these Antifa types act out before the election, the more likely it is to happen. Yeah. And the more the Democratic mayors and 
and governors of the states where these things are happening uh, enable these people and don't strike back, the more likely Trump to win. Because, I mean, I live in Nashville now. I talk to people, you know. Nashville is an interesting place because you get them on both sides around here a lot. Yeah. And also, you know, people aren't quite as frightened as they are in California and other places to speak their mind. So it, it's, it's interesting because everybody's watching this and they're appalled. I mean, no one wants to live in a world where they can't walk down the street. Right. I mean, so I think that. And we're looking at the New York numbers and, you know, violent crimes have gone up. I don't know what crazy percentage, uh, you know, murders, et cetera. It's a madhouse. It's terrible. And the polls, you know, when I was running PJ Media, we we did a few polls. So I got to see what polling was on the inside from a buyer of a poll from people. Because we we did it because, you know, uh, to do polls uh, generates clicks. It's a business ploy. This is... Same thing for Fox News and CNN and all of them. They're, they do those polls so people, you know, pay attention to them. Yeah. And I got to see the, the, the guy who was, I was contacting who ran the polls, which is a very simple thing to do. It's done right out of computers with robocalls. Right. Uh, he virtually said to me, who do you want to win? <laughs> I mean, he didn't say those words because they're the two... Yeah, but he knew who he wanted to win, and he arranged it. Oh yeah, I mean, if you if you sit there and go and poll, uh, you know, Massachusetts Republicans, they're going to be very different from those in uh, Alabama and Mississippi, right? Yeah, so. and those are just the broad strokes. I mean, they have a you know the demographics now sharper than that. So, I mean, it's their business, and these days with the computer data, it's cinchy. And it's funny because I'm 50 years old and I've never been pulled once in my life, you know. Um, well, I've never answered one. I, I think I've been pulled maybe once or twice. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know anybody except you maybe now, but uh, I don't know anybody. Yeah, else maybe that, so, I, I just hung up. First of all, you, you know, we want these things. Nobody wants these things recorded on them. Yeah. You don't know who's calling you for what part. Right. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> Hey, hey uh, Roger, um, does Biden come out of the basement? Uh, he's got to, I think. You think so? Yeah, I think they're going to postpone it as long as possible. And he's going to come as little as possible. But he's, I think he's stuck in having to do those debates because, you know, it's very obvious if he doesn't. Yeah. There's a good Michael Goodwin column today in the New York Post about that, in which he says if, if Biden doesn't debate, he loses. Yeah. Uh, I, I believe that, too. I think he loses without a doubt, right? I don't think the American people are going to elect somebody hiding in a basement, right? No, exactly. So uh, I, I hope not. <laughs> we're in deeper trouble. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a great point. <laughs> yeah, that's and, a great point. Let's hope so, right? You know, and and, and the, I think that his, the reason he's taking so long to, to choose a vice presidential candidate is that he knows and they know that everybody in the country knows this is the most important vice presidential pick ever because it could be that he's two weeks away from Alzheimer's. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and he, he might already have some something, you know, and... Um...
and, and it seems pretty apparent. Um, you know, he doesn't remember half half the time what he's saying or what he's doing, and 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 you know, and and the the other half he doesn't know who he is. You know, sometimes he's uh, you know, Joe Biden's wife, right? <laughs> it's just it's just very strange. It's kind of sad to see somebody, you know, in in that position and and to be exposed that way publicly. I think it's a shame. You know, yeah, they, 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 they should have picked somebody else. Um, you know, and just and just gone to war that way. You know, head to head, whoever they picked, but somebody that that I think was in full grasp and 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 had absolute control of all their their abilities. And I don't think Joe is there not today. And um, and and it, you know, and I think it goes to show how despicable the liberals are. They just really don't care. They're they're willing to use anybody and do anything and say anything in order to advance their agenda. And that's one of the things that bothers me is I'm. Um, you know, this whole Black Lives Matter crap and, you know, the pandering to Hispanics. Um, there's no real truth behind any of that. It is it is just uh, using a, you know, a political class for electoral purposes. That's all. Yeah. You know, it's fascism. Yeah. It's, it's so far from, you know, the democratic ideal, the Republican idea, republic. It's ridiculous. It's like, you're going to vote one way because you're Hispanic. You think, what an insult to you that is. <laughs> that's saying you're an idiot right I'm going to vote one way because I'm Jewish right I mean, stupid. <laughs> it, it, it is absolutely amazing you know and, and Biden's comments you know if, if you don't vote for me then you ain't black what the hell is that, that, that that's insulting that's, yeah. that stay on the plantation Yep. And then he releases his, uh, his, his proposal for Hispanics and, you know, everything in there that he claims he's going to do for Hispanics, uh, you know, Trump is already done, you know, <laughs> he's created more jobs, created more opportunity, increased wage growth, you know, education, more educational opportunities, et cetera, et cetera. I was like, was this guy in a time capsule for the last four years? What happened? You know, well, you know, most people don't remember or don't even know that he plagiarized in law yep. school and was almost kicked out. Yeah, that was that was actually my tweet. I wonder, you know, is this another plagiarism case for Joe Biden? You know, it was, it was crazy. It was it crazy. About, you know, he, he did, when he plagiarized, I, I got into that a little bit. When he plagiarized in law school, he didn't do what almost everybody does in college, right. which is sort of paraphrase Correct. somebody when you're writing a paper, you, just, yeah. you know, I mean, that's what it all is. Nobody, there's yeah. an original thinkers in the undergraduate level. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, what he yeah, did, he, he what, just copied and pasted, right? <laughs> no, he, he copied and pasted several pages in a row. Oh, my God. I mean, it wasn't like, I mean, and this was law school. <laughs> uh, this is the guy who's, who's supposed to, you know, I negotiate with the Chinese over intellectual property. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's not going to happen. I mean, his son, is on, his, son, his son is on the take for $1.5 from the Chinese. That's, that's a hard negotiation, right? Anyway, so they, but, well, this is a great election to see yeah. how stupid the public is. It's the, yeah. one, of the great, one of the great tests of, you know, the old Ben Franklin line, the Republic, if you could keep it, you probably heard that, you know, when coming out of the Constitutional Convention, they asked him what was going on. 
And they say, he said, you know, with Ben Franklin, he was such a genius that everybody ascribes everything to him. You know, it's amazing they didn't ascribe nuclear fission. Anyway, he, uh, it's amazing. It's amazing. Hey, we saw we saw these Senate hearings. We, we saw these Senate hearings yesterday. I don't know if you got a chance to take a look at those highlights between, you know, Ted Cruz and Senator. Oh, I saw it. I, I, I did. I saw the reruns of it. Oh, my God. What in the hell? I mean, she is. Are, are those people just flat out just lying? Are they clueless? Or what? what is going on? I mean, there's no, no intention to, um, to denounce Antifa. Um, the, the, I don't get it. They, they seem to embrace that wholeheartedly. It comes back to those few Marxist words, quote, by any means necessary. Yeah. I mean, they, they just want to win, and they think that, you know, by admitting anything about Antifa being dangerous and a mistake, that uh, they lose. Of course, it, actually, they may be there wrong, <laughs> but that's what they think. Yeah. I mean, Morono woman is like a monster. She's like, a, oh, she's a madhouse. She's crazy. Yeah, I mean, she's insane. Hey, Roger, we got to. We're running out of time. We got to go. I want. I want to ask you one last question. Um, is the Democratic Party, the Marxist Party, the Anarchist Party today? No, not completely. It's half and half. The, I mean, or maybe forty, sixty, or something like that. Uh, it's veering in that direction. Um, it's not entirely. Uh, I mean, there are, there are some still some sane members left, but not a lot. So, uh, so you think there's still it's still salvageable in some regard? It could be saved. Well, if um, if they win, they're not salvageable. Yeah, if they, I, win, I agree. Uh, I, I if, if they, they lose, right? Trump routes them then they may be salvageable because if people get routed, yep. they go back and wonder. But that's the only way they're salvageable. Ironically, the best hope for the Democratic Party is, is they get smashed in November. Yeah, sorry, man. Your, 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 your word from your mouth to God's ears, man. The great Roger Simon, ladies and gentlemen. Roger, thanks for being on the show. And don't go anywhere. We're going to be right back with more Battleground. Hey, by the way, have you heard about Anchor? It's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me tell you, let me explain. Let me tell you how it works. There's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast directly. It'll be heard on Spotify, Apple, and just about every other platform out there. So it's very, very easy to use, very user-friendly. And best of all, it lets you monetize that. So everything you need is all in one place. All you have to do is download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. This is Battleground, and we're back talking politics with the great Jim Dornan. Jim, thanks for coming back. Ivan, always good to be with you, my friend. How are you today? I'm doing great, man. General Quarters, brother. We're, uh, you know, 90 <laughs> days. Uh, are, 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 are these Marxists going to steal the election or what? You know what? They're going to try. I have no doubt about that. I mean, they've already started with the, you know, BS law out there in Nevada. 
Yep. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm seeing some very positive things out of uh, the Trump operation, both on the uh, White House level and the campaign level. Um, we're, we're our side, and I'll, I'll call that we, are doing a lot of the right things that, and, that we need to be doing. I mean, I saw today that uh, the campaign has said they've knocked on a million doors, and the, and the Democrats have said they're not, they're not knocking on any. So yeah. uh, that's the retail politics that I think people still want, despite all this craziness with social media. Yeah. Uh, I think that person-to-person -person contact is huge, in the words of the president. And I think that uh, I, I think it, it's moving in the right direction. I, I mean, this the, the COVID stuff, notwithstanding, because that's kind of got everybody at a standstill right now and trying to figure it out. And you know, nobody knows what's really going on with it. But but we'll get it figured out. We always seem to as a country. But um, the the president is is rocking and rolling, and I'm, I'm I'm pleased with where he's going. And and I'm I'm actually I'm I'm a little bit more bullish on the. Uh, on the Senate than I was uh, a week or so ago. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm in an upbeat way right now, my friend. Yeah, tell, tell us about that. Tell us why, because something happened yesterday that, that uh, I think gave everybody um, a, a lot of peace and we we're able to sleep a lot better, right? Absolutely. So very quick history. Uh, there's a former, I believe he was Secretary of State of Kansas named Chris Kobach, yep. very hardcore uh, immigration hardliner. Yep. And, uh, you know, hardline on some, some issues that, that rubbed Kansans uh, the wrong way. So he wins the Republican nomination for governor two years ago. And promptly, because of those hardline views, uh, loses the governorship uh, in Kansas. So, it's a, you know, Kansas is a very Republican state. Oh, There's sorry. a Democratic governor there right now. And so he decides he's going to try to run for Senate with Pat Robertson, uh, one of my favorite senators, by the way. Guy's got the driest sense of humor on the planet. I mean, he's just, he's just a really, really good guy. Anyway, so he's retiring. And so they had a congressman, I um, can't remember his first name, Marshall was his last yep. name, yep. Uh, running uh, again. And Kobach uh, ran as well in the Republican primary. And, and Marshall wound up crushing him. So a seat that was going to be competitive uh, for the Democrats if, if Kobach won the nomination is now, I would say, pretty safely ensconced in the Republican uh, line. They, they do have a decent Democrat. This woman, uh, Bollier, uh, is a former Republican, turned independent, turned Democrat. Uh, I never trust those people, by the way. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're just, I mean, you, I mean they're, they're willing to change their political stripes for political expediency. And so that's, that's never a positive thing. So Marshall's running against her. I think we got a good shot at holding it, which means we have a better shot at holding the Senate, uh, which is going to still be a tough road to hoe. You and I have talked about this, uh, but I, I feel better today than I did yesterday. Let's put it that yeah, way. Without a doubt. And, um, and then you had the, um, the other stuff with the uh, Medicare for all, right? Um, well, yeah, Medicaid expansion, it's, 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 it's something the Republicans have done a very, very poor job of, of dealing with. Um, you know, we, we talked about this a few minutes ago before we came on that, you know, we, we, we promised to get rid of Obamacare and we've done absolutely nothing of the sort. And we have not offered any type of alternative. And it's, it's disappointing. And, and, you know, I know some of the hardcores will say, well, it's McCain's fault. Yeah. Well, you know, if we were dependent on one vote to get that across the line, eh, maybe we didn't have the right idea to begin with. So 
I mean, we've got to deal with the fact that medic expanded Medicaid is part of the political landscape now, and it, and people are genuinely worried about their health care. Yeah. And so we've, we've got to come up with better alternatives. And to this point, we just have not. Yeah, and I, I find that so, so uh, disheartening, man. I got to tell you, uh, we've been bitching about this for 10 years. Uh, we keep on talking about repeal and replace, but uh, all, all we've been able to do is really try and repeal because we never had anything to replace it with. Um, I think that's a topic for, 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 for an entire podcast, brother. Um, you know, trying to analyze what, what in the hell is going on on our side with, with a lack of ideas for, for, for that, for that, for that solution. But well, and the problem is, I, I think Ivan, and the problem is they're trying to find this um, free market one size fits all and, and healthcare doesn't, doesn't, you know, subscribe to that, that theory. I mean, you've got things like, you know, pre-existing conditions and, I mean, we understand why the why the insurance companies don't want to cover it, but that shouldn't make any difference. I mean, we should say you want the business, then you got to do this, and hey, so you got to take it. I just it just we're it it just has not been handled well at all, up and down. Uh, you know the political political. Yeah, line. it's a disaster, man. But uh, going back to uh, going back to uh, you know the, this this the the current circus. Um, the uh, Ted Cruz Hirono exchange yesterday. My God. You know, it's gotten to the point where, I, you know, I just cringe when, when the cable stations put on congressional hearings because, you know, obviously these guys on both sides, frankly, don't give a damn about the policy or the purpose of the, of the hearings. All it is is political grandstanding. I mean, you saw it with both Fauci last week and um, uh, Bill Barr last yeah. week as well. I mean, these guys were asked questions and then when they tried to answer, they were cut off. I mean, it was yeah. insane. Yeah. And yesterday, um, you know, I, I appreciate what Cruz was trying to do because I find it totally hypocritical on the part of the left that they refuse to distance themselves or this country, frankly, from ridiculous groups like Antifa, which has basically co-opted the whole Black Lives Matter argument. Yeah. And Black Lives Matter actually becomes less and less and less relevant, yeah. um, I think, on a national basis. They, obviously, they're important to the, to the Democratic base. But I, I just think, I look at, at BLM and I'm like, okay, you know, those are the ones destroying the, uh, destroying the world up there in Portland and Seattle, when in fact, it's probably not them, but Antifa's co-opted them. So, and they did it on purpose. And so now you've got to deal with destruction and all this other stuff. And the Democrats won't, won't, you know, disavow that. Give me a break. Yeah, that's crazy. But that's the, uh, you know, that, that's the Bernie bros. That's the AOCs, the Omars, the Tlaib. You know, that's, that's the crazies, right? And, and the crazies are running the, the nut house right now. And, you know, we, we had uh, Roger, Roger Simon before you, um, you know, um, and we were talking a little bit about that. And he said, hey, you know, it's the old Marxist saying by, by any means necessary, right? Well, right. And in fact, it's right out of, uh, it's right out of the handbook, right? The, um, the, uh, the um, uh, what's the guy's name? Uh, you know, oh, Solonensky. Um, it, that, you know, create chaos and, and from chaos uh, take over. I mean, it's, 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 I mean, you look at Soviet Union, you look at China, you know, you look at all these communist countries and that's exactly how they started. They sowed chaos first. Um, 
basically undermined the government that was in power at the time and and bl blamed the chaos on them. And then while nobody was looking, took control. I mean, it's exactly what, what AOC and the rest of those Looney Tunes are, are trying to do. Yeah, it, it's, uh, it's, it's amazing. And, um, you know, do, do they live to regret this? And what I mean by that is, um, I think there's going to be a big pushback and a big backlash on the election. And we, you talked about it a lot with the, uh, the security moms, right? Um, if, if that happens, they're going to get pounded in, in November. And does the Democrat Party survive that? Well, I, I, I hope that you're right. What I'm, what I'm afraid is, is that because of these, and I'm just going to say it, idiot millennials who are supporting this kind of socialist garbage, if we continue to travel down this road, is there a point of no return? And I'm, I'm praying to God that the answer to that is, is no, that this, this country does wake up. Um, and, and right now, I mean, and, I, and I'll tie this, in, um, the chaos into the COVID problem, is that right now you've got people, Republicans and Democrats, who are becoming dependent uh, on, on the federal government for, for sustenance or for, to, to sustain their lifestyles. And, you know, when you, when you, when you get into that, it, it, it becomes a huge problem. And that's what the Republican senators are dealing with right now in these negotiations. I mean, obviously Trump wants to do everything he can to get reelected and pulling this money out 600 bucks a month is not going to help him. I mean, it, it, it's just not. Um, and I know, I know all the arguments against it, but the problem is, is that we're still knee deep in this thing. And so you, you, you can't pull the rug out from the citizenry uh, because, you know, these born again deficit hawks who have been voting for deficits, uh, deficit laden budgets for the last three years under Trump. Um, and that's fine. I get it. I mean, he's, he's been doing everything he can working with the Democrats on this, but, but you, 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 you can't stop it right now while we're still at half capacity in restaurants, while you're in, you know, everybody masking, walking the streets, walking into a business. I mean, businesses are still suffering. So the injection of funds that the government is giving right now, and I know this is very Keynesian, and I, and I disagree with it philosophically, but practically I don't disagree with it now. You've got, you've got to continue that until this thing is either under control or there's a vaccine out there. And that's not going to happen before the end of the year. So they've, they've got to suck it up. They don't have to take everything that Pelosi and Schumer are giving them, but yeah. they've, got, they've got to be able to, to allow people to live and frankly pump money back into the economy because that's what's going to make it uh, work again. Yeah, the, the president, um, you know, on his press conference yesterday and the day before, you know, has, has been saying um, that uh, if there's no agreement um, that he's going he's gonna to do something by executive action. Um, and specifically talked about the payroll taxes, which you had mentioned, and the evictions going on. Um, so this, this, is what's, this is what scares me about that, Ivan, is that, you know, Trump already believes that he has, you know, unfettered power. And you know, I understand that. He, he doesn't. Um, and he, he has absolutely no control over tax policy. I mean, Chuck Grassley said in an interview yesterday, 
I don't know anywhere in the Constitution that it says that the president can has any kind of, of role in tax policy other than signing bills right. that Congress initiates. So that that worries me about that. And the eviction stuff, you know, I, I guess you could probably do it through an executive order through HUD. Um, and I and I frankly I don't disagree with. I don't care how it gets done. You've got to stop evictions because, I mean, there are whatever it is, you know, 15, 40 million, 40 plus million, 40 million people out of work, you know? Yeah. Um, so you've got to have that moratorium. Um, and then, uh, you know, the other thing, I mean, I, I think he said something about wanting to, by executive order, you know, put the, put the extra money in on unemployment. He doesn't have control over that either. Um, I mean, that's, that is strictly Congress allocating money to the States and unemployment is different in every single state in the union. So, um, I appreciate the sentiment. I know he wants to, to fix it, work it out. Uh, I, I, I sense some frustration with what's going on on the Hill, but you know, I, I think it's an agreement. Do they reach an agreement? I mean, it seems no, they, so they reached an agreement on some, some basic things like, uh, Oh, the, the, you know, the bailout of the post office, uh, the Democrats came down on the number from 25 billion to 10 billion. That's an agreement. Um, I think there's general agreement on keeping the $600, but I think it's, it might be, you know, I think Pelosi actually had a fantastic idea. She says, let's, let's keep it at 600. And as soon as the unemployment number starts going down, we'll ratchet down that number. I think that's completely reasonable. Um, but, you know, I, I haven't seen that. She said it two weeks ago. I haven't seen it since. But they, they've come to agreement that something needs to be done. I think the Republicans are at 400 right now and the, the yeah. Democrats are still at it six. It doesn't sound like we're too far away, right, from a from – No, I, I think that, you know, these things, if there's a lot of posturing. You know, cable TV does not help this. Um, you know, if they, if they knew they weren't having to get up and interview every 15 minutes, then I think you'd probably have a solution a lot quicker. But – you know, you got to play to your base and that's what each side is doing right now. But I, I'm confident that I think they'll, that, that they'll come up with some kind of agreement, hopefully by the end of the week, because right now, I mean, starting this week, that number dropped by 600. So all these families that are getting unemployment insurance now have $600 less today than they got yet, uh, last week. Yeah. And, you know, that, and, and, and I get that. And how long do you sustain that and et cetera, et cetera. But Realistically, I mean, 600 bucks for, you know, somebody that lost their gig doesn't really do much, right? Except no. maybe cover food, but it's not going to cover their rent or their mortgage or their car payments, right? So Right. And, and, and so, you know, the, the narrative from the Republicans is that small businesses are getting killed. I'll tell you what, um, you know, here on Capitol Hill, I frequent restaurants all the time. Yep. And they're out of probably you know, three or four dozen restaurant workers that I know very well, only one of them has told me, hey, I'm getting a thousand bucks a week. I don't need to go back to work. And so I don't think that it, it's as, pre I mean, they're claiming 68% of, of workers are making more now. Are you saying 68% of this country is making $40,000 or less? Yeah. I highly doubt that. Right. So- right. Um, and, and yeah, you know what? Let's talk about our uh, our favorite bar, right? Bullfeathers. Uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, if you're in D.C., you're on the hill and you haven't been there. I don't know where the hell you've been. But, you know, hey, they're, they're not opening till late. Um, you know, it, it, it's almost a ghost town. Um, it, it's not what it used to be. 
Well, and I know the owner very well. Um, and first of all, we need to do a podcast from Bullfeather. That's what we need to do. We, we, we absolutely get definitely some, get do some, a podcast from there. Yeah, get some man on the street, or at least hill staffers on the street. <laughs> Hell yeah! I mean, we should do that, Jim. Talk to him. Let's see. If oh, I'm, I'm happy. Yeah. But I do, I do know the owner very well, and he's hurt. Uh, he's hurt. He's got three restaurants here in town. Yeah. Um, and he, he he asked me. He goes, you know, what do I do? And so, um, you know, we're 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 coming up with trying to come up with some ideas to bring him in. Some well, business, Dom, let's but, shoot battleground. Let's uh, let's shoot the let's do the podcast from Bullfeathers, man. Absolutely, bring in a whole crew and have a, and have a lot and have a live crowd and have them interact, man. Let's do it. Let's Absolutely. help them out. We got to help small business, man. There's there's no other way to do it. Uh, Bullfeathers is a great place, historic. It's been there forever. Um, you know, I, I'd love to help them out. Yep, absolutely. I'll, I'll mention that to him. I'll mention that to him. So anyway, so what I'm what I'm saying is, is that they, they, they need to get this settled. They need to do it quick. There's going to be a two week lag after the bill passes for the 600 to come back. So, you know, you, you're looking at at least another two weeks before um, before. The, and now now, thankfully, it's going to be retroactive. So they will eventually get that money in their pocket. But I mean, they just got to come to agreement. And, you know, I'm irritated as hell. I think I mentioned this to you before. You know, the Senate sat on this for three freaking weeks. Yeah. Three weeks. Yeah. You know, do your job, people. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, you know what? It was very important that we got more judges. I'm all about that. It's what I love about Trump, you know, the judges. But people got to live. So, and this is, a, this is an issue that, that's not going away. This, Ill, this virus is not going away. And we got to freaking face up to that and deal with it. Yeah, and, and and I agree with you one hundred percent, Jim. I mean, it, it's uh, it, it, it's tough out there, man. Um, and and not just for regular folks, also for recent college grads. Uh, forget about it; they can't even get an internship, man, because uh, everything is shut down. Uh, companies aren't you know bringing interns, and they're definitely not hiring anybody. Um, it's it's it, it's impacting uh, so many demographics. Um, uh, I just don't know how we pull the pull out of this unless we just open the damn floodgates and just say everybody go back to work unless you're sick unless you're old stay home everybody else you know we're just gonna have to fight through this um, and I know some people that that have had COVID and have COVID right now and and it's nothing more than a cough and sniffles right 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 so I don't know man um, I don't know what the answer that's obviously above my pay grade you know yeah, and I, I mean, and you know, it doesn't help that the healthcare experts have been all over the map on this. And so, I mean, I, I as I think I said last week, I don't think it has been mishandled. I just think it's been misunderstood. And um, you know, right now, it's. I mean, look at this. We're 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 three weeks on on the podcast, and and we're still talking about the severity of it and how it's screwing this country up. And you know, I mean, I'm I'm starting to get into conspiracy theory type yeah. thoughts that China did this on purpose. You know. Yeah. Yep. And, and I, and I don't, I don't want to get like that because, you know, there's maybe a handful of people saying it, but, you know, I've talked to friends of mine at DHS and they said, you know what, this, this, this probably wasn't done on purpose, but it certainly was mishandled in the lab. It was, did not come from an animal. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've talked to Intel guys, man. CIA guys. Uh, the, 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 uh, the, the, I think I've said this on the air is uh, they said, if you think it came from a wet market and a bat, you need, you need a psychiatrist. Uh, yeah. This definitely came from a lab. Uh, it, it is still inconclusive if it was done intentionally or if it just leaked out. But well, not, I, lab, right? I'm gonna I'm gonna give the benefit of the doubt to say it was it was done accidentally. But I also think that 
when China, quote unquote, got it under control within their own borders, that they didn't do a whole lot to stop it outside the borders because I think they wanted to see what kind of havoc it could wreak. And I, I think it showed us, showed all of us and showed them that we are woefully unprepared for something like yeah, this. That's, that's what some of these, uh, some of these spooks said, right? Is yeah, uh, I mean, we, I mean, you know, it we, was a test. It was a test to see how, how, how we respond and how well prepared we were. And, and, and what we've shown the world is, uh, is that we don't respond well and, and we're not prepared. And that's not a, well, good, and, and, not a good things to show. And as the federal government spends more and more of this money, Ivan, who's holding the debt? The freaking Chinese. Yep. So, I mean, it's, it's, again, I mean, I may be out there in that thinking. I don't think I am, but, no. but if nothing else, it told us, it, it should tell us that we need to get our act together. <laughs> Man, you know what? Uh, and, and now more than ever, Trump was so right when he said, you know what? We depend too much on China. We need to bring U S manufacturing back. Uh, that 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 is, if anything, if he if he if he were to be right on only one thing and one thing alone, that would be it, wouldn't it? Yep, no no question about it. I mean, thank God that he's been here for the last four years, three years and a half, yep. uh, to 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 point out the hypocrisy of U.S. policy towards that country. Yep. I mean, you know, Nixon reached out to them back in the late '60s. Because he thought that they could be co-opted into becoming a democracy. 100% not true. He underestimated uh, the, the, pow the desire to hold on to power by the communists. And that's why they become, you know, quote unquote capitalists. They're obviously not. It's con still a controlled economy. But, you know, they've, they've given enough freedom to their people. Just, just, just enough rope, you know. Yeah. And uh, and there are a lot of people over there making a lot of money. Yeah. And and that that's what's going to keep the communists in power. And you know what? I mean, dissent came from the rural areas in China in 1949. That's how Mao was able to, you know, take the Great March. Yeah. And right now, the the rural areas of China are so completely under the gun. I mean, look what they're doing to the Uyghurs. I mean, concentration camps, re-education camps. I mean. They're not giving up power anytime soon, and and we got to come to grips with that. That's right, man. Hey, coming back to uh, coming back to the U.S. What's new? What's changed from last Wednesday politically? How, how do you see things going forward right now? So we've had so, some crazy, some things have happened. How does it change the landscape? So, in addition to the million doors that the campaign has knocked on, uh, the RNC and Rana actually lives here in my building. The chairman of the RNC, and so. We, we chat from time to time, and I've, I've seen her actually three or four times this week. But the RNC is undertaking a phenomenally well-run voter registration drive in which they are in uh, states, uh, battleground states, Pennsylvania, Michigan, uh, Wisconsin, et cetera. Um, and, and they are doing voter registration drives. And we are out registering the Democrats significantly. Awesome. Um, again, this is another under the radar screen operation that, that the RNC and the Trump campaign are, are, are undertaking in, in order to make sure that we get every single Trump voter out in, in November. And those two things combined, and again, with, with the president's uh, handling of, of various issues over the course of the week, I mean, he's, you, you can see a change in his tone and in uh in the press conferences at, at every day at five 
Um, I think all of these factors and the fact that Biden is still, you know, hiding out in his basement, it's become a cliche, but the fact that he's not out there, uh, I think you may have sent me um, the numbers on this, you know, these little, these little Zoom meetings that he have are, are actually little. I mean, he's not attracting thousands of voters. He's attracting dozens of voters. Well, you know, they, they did this uh, launch of uh, their Hispanic uh, agenda, and they had 132 people on. Um, you know, and, and on a previous Zoom that he did, he had 19. Uh, the Democrats, the Democrats were, were giving a shit about Trump's Tulsa rally, and he had millions watching on YouTube and social media. Right. And that, I mean, that, and that goes to my third point is that the enthusiasm gap is not shrinking at all. Yeah. Uh, it probably will as we get closer to Election Day and, and things are ramped up significantly after Labor Day. But I mean, there's still a 12, 15, 20 point difference in how enthusiastic our voters are versus versus theirs. And, you know, Biden just does not inspire uh, people the way that Trump does. I mean, he just flat out doesn't. And and the, add to that the fact that he's gone so severely left, trying to placate those voters that stayed home against uh, stayed home in 2016 uh, from voting for Hillary. Um, you know, I, I just I I don't know if it's worth it. I mean, Biden's been always looked at in my mind, and you know, I'm a Hill denizen. I've been here for for years. I'm a member of the proud proud member of the swamp, um, and he. Uh, he was always been known as kind of moderate guy. I mean, sure, he had left his tendencies, but but nowhere near the Bernie bro stuff that he's pulling now in that 110-page communist manifesto they put out a few weeks ago. Yeah, that's insane. That, that, that's crazy. Hey, how does the landscape change now? Does the uh, does the electoral map change? Does it hold? What's what's the path? How do you see that if you if, if, if looking at it right now, right? Well, that's my one area of concern um, is that. I'm seeing uh, Biden up double digits in Wisconsin. Yeah. Uh, that, that scares me. Wisconsin, we need. Um, I'm a little worried that it's gotten close in Arizona. Uh, obviously, we need that. And, and most concerning of all to me is Iowa. Um, I know it's gotten closer recently, but, um, and I, I think we've had this conversation, and so forgive me if I'm repeating myself, but Iowa is a very, very strange animal. Uh, there were 250 counties nationwide that voted for Trump. Uh, I'm sorry, voted for Obama twice and voted for Trump. Um, that's kind of weird. Yeah. Um, but those folks are looking looking for change that they wanted under Obama, did not get it, uh, wanted it under Trump. And thir- like something like 30 of those counties, the most of any state in the country, uh, are in Iowa. That, that had that pattern, voting twice for Obama, voting once for Trump. Um, I'm, I'm worried that those folks have looked at Trump and said, I'm not getting the change I want. And, you know, maybe they'll never be happy. I don't, I don't know. Right. But I also couple that with the fact that, you know, there's a lot of hogs in, uh, in Iowa and they're not going to China right yeah. now. And um, I think a lot of farmers are upset over that. Uh, I think Trump will address that between now and now in November, but uh, I think if, if Iowa goes, then it, there's gonna be some serious trouble for the Trump campaign. So I know they're looking at other states, they're looking at New Mexico. Um, I think we have a stronger Senate candidate down there than we originally thought we would. 
I mean, it's been a blue state for a while. Um, there might be an opportunity up in New Hampshire. Trump didn't lose it by that much um, in, uh, in, in 2016. And of course you got, you know, you got Corey um, who's very well known up there and is from there. Uh, so that could, that could certainly help too. Um, but um, other opportunities, I mean, I, I, I mean, Pennsylvania, obviously we have to hold Florida. I think we will hold yeah. Ohio. I think we will hold uh, Michigan. Uh, it, you know, I think a lot of it depends on whether he picks uh, Biden picks uh, Whitmer as his VP or not. Mm. Um, if he doesn't, I think there's a shot. Unfortunately, our Senate candidate up there uh, has been behind by double digits for a number of weeks now. So, uh, but we have to, we absolutely have to take that state. So um, there, there are some trouble spots out there. Uh, Bill Sepien is, is one of the best in the business. He recognizes, I'm sure he recognizes um, what we have to do and, and where we have to play. And, and again, um, I think coupled with the efforts that the RNC is making, I, you know, I, I see this is going to be a very, very, very close election. Wow. So it's not going to be a breakaway, huh? You don't see any, any, any surprises. You don't see any, well, it's it's ninety days out, so there, I mean there could be fifty surprises between now and election day. You know, it's an eternity, I mean, man. We could have three popes in in, in that period, right? Exactly. I, you know, I made the mistake of like a lot of other pundits in this country uh, that said there's no way that Trump was going to win. I was dead wrong. So I am keeping my cards close to the vest until we get closer to this election. <laughs> Gotcha, man. Gotcha. That's why you're the best, man. Ladies and gentlemen, Jim Dornan. If you need to win, you want to win, you got to call Jim. There's no other <laughs> way. Huh? Hey, Thank Jim, you, for joining us, man. Any parting words? No, just we got to keep at it. Can't let up. August is a dead month and we can't let it be dead. We got to keep at the uh, keep at it and, and make sure we keep this country going in the right direction. Awesome. Thank you very much, Jim. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you next week. See you next week, Ivan. Hi, brother. Take care. Friends, this election means more than anything in our lifetime. I know we've heard everybody say this so many times, but this time it's true. We have Marxism openly fighting in our streets, burning down cities. That is why the Hispanic vote is so, so important. You've heard our guests talk about it. You know, we need to be the vanguard of freedom. We need to defend it. We know exactly what Marxism is. It has destroyed Latin America, it has destroyed the world, it has destroyed so many other places. That's why we were we have been working so hard to bring the Hispanic vote back to the Republican Party where it belongs. Uh, before this pandemic, we talked about and we've seen polls where the Hispanic approval numbers of, of the president have been 49, 50, 51, 52%. Um, that number would destroy the Democrats, would be a slam dunk landslide victory for the president. We need to continue our work. Please visit hlc.gop uh, and make a donation. Share with your friends. We can't do it without you. The Hispanic Leadership Council is obviously the sponsor of the show, uh, and, and it is the work that we are trying to do. We need to bring that vote to the Republican Party back where it belongs. Please join us, hlc.gop. Thank you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>